Thanks for joining us for the special Mideast Prophecy Edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. shares the Mideast Prophecy Update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. The Bible is an important tool that points people to Jesus. Pastor J.D. reminds us in his update today that Jesus fulfilled more than 300 biblical prophecies. The chances of this happening are minuscule. We can trust that he is the Messiah and we can be sure that he will fulfill more prophecies yet to come. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update on YouTube. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on November 21st, 2021. For today's update, I'm going to make this bold statement that Bible prophecy has never been more important than it is now. And if you'll kindly allow me to, I want to explain why this is. And in so doing, I hope that you'll be encouraged in these perilous times that we're living in, and as we see the day fast approaching. What follows are three reasons that Bible prophecy is more important now than it ever has been in human history. And again, I know that's a bold and brash statement, and spoiler alert, (laughs) it's all about Jesus. Jesus is revealed. Jesus is coming back soon. And Jesus is the only answer for everyone and anyone of that hope that lies within us. Now, while all three and the many more like them work in concert, one with the other, Jesus, as the only answer, is the one that I would like for us to focus in on. And here's why. Many are asking many questions about everything that's happening in the world today. And here's the thing, we have the answer. And I really want for us to talk about that in particular. This is one of the main purposes of Bible prophecy such that we can answer their questions by pointing them to Bible prophecy, which in turn points them to Jesus, who fulfills all Bible prophecy. And you don't have to be an expert and offer some lengthy dissertation. 
It can be something as simple as this, and pose it and frame it in a question. The Savior did that, by the way. And the reason for that is because when you just say something to someone, that's it. But if you ask of someone a question, you sort of force them, cause them to actually have to consider the question that you're asking them for the answer to the question that you're asking them. This is why in the Gospels we see the Savior many times asking questions. It it makes you, get this, I know this is shocking, it makes you have to think, (laughs) right? So just a simple question along the lines of, did you know that the Bible foretells everything that we are seeing happen in the world today? And then just give the Holy Spirit elbow room and let Him take it from there, because He will. Because now you've got Him thinking. And by the way, you might be surprised to know that the Lord's already gone before you. And they've already been thinking about that, wondering about that, and then you say something about that, the Holy Spirit's right there, and they're going, you know, I I wondered about that. Everything that is happening in the world today was foretold in the Bible. And again, you don't have to go into this lengthy dissertation. You could just key in on one in particular prophecy in the Bible. Back on October 25th of last year, we actually devoted the update to the top 10 Bible prophecies. And really it's a a template of sorts that we have to equip you. It's a, at a glance, look at Bible prophecy. And I want to go through them quickly and in order in the interest of time. We have the, the scriptural references as well. I put number 10 as the mocking of Bible prophecy and the Lord's return. This is an ironic one, right? There's a Bible prophecy about people mocking Bible prophecy. How ironic is that? They're actually fulfilling Bible prophecy when they mock Bible prophecy. And those of us who are expecting with great expectancy the return of Jesus Christ. That's actually a, a prophecy. Number nine. This is a very specific prophecy concerning the sudden destruction of Damascus, Syria. Number eight, this is the Ezekiel 38 prophecy, as it's commonly referred to, which is an allied invasion of Israel. Number seven, and this is a a good one, because this one, I mean, it, it really hits home. No pun intended. It's about earthquakes. <laughs> Massive earthquakes increasing in frequency and intensity. That is a prophecy in the Bible. Number six, the increase of wickedness. Number five, the increase of lawlessness. Number four, this global cry for peace and security. Number three, 
an intoxicating obsession with dividing Jerusalem, aka the two-state solution. Number two, confirming of a seven-year peace agreement which commences the seven-year tribulation. And then number one, drum roll please, I have this at number one for a reason, I think you know why, and it's this prophecy concerning the forming of a one-world religion, a one-world government, and a one-world economy. Now, why do I start this way? Because knowing about these Bible prophecies is a powerful tool when it comes to getting Jesus to people and people to Jesus. In this, the last hour of human history as we know it. Simply put, these prophecies are the revelation of Jesus Christ by virtue of the fact that they bear witness to Jesus Christ. This is Revelation chapter 1, the first three verses, beginning in verse 1. The revelation of Jesus Christ. Did you know that's what the book of Revelation is about? It's all about Jesus. It's a revelation of Jesus Christ. And I might as well just get this over with. The enemy has been met with smashing success when it comes to keeping the Christian as far away from the book of Revelation as he possibly can. Oh, it's so apocalyptic. It's, it's too hard to understand. Nothing could be further from the truth. Do you know what the word in the original language of the Greek New Testament, apocalypsos, means, where we get apocalypse. And you can thank Hollywood for totally ruining the meaning of this word. You know what the word apocalypse means? Wait for it. Revealing. I know this is deeply profound. Revelation, revelation unveiling, revealing, unveiling, revealing what? No, not what, who? The person of Jesus Christ. That's what the revelation is. And by the way, this is one more thing on this. Just indulge me. It's not revelations. <laughs> Let me just get this off my chest. It's revelation. It's the revelation of the person of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants, things which must shortly take place. And he sent and signified it by his angel to his servant John, who, verse 2, bore witness to the Word of God, and to the testimony of Jesus Christ to all things that he saw. He was an eyewitness of. 
And then verse 3, Blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written in it. And here's why, for the time is near. Stop right there. Did you know that of all the books in the Bible, there is only one book that promises a blessing to those who read it, hear it, and take it to heart, and it's the book of Revelation. Hmm, maybe that's why the enemy wants to keep the Christian out of the book of Revelation. He knows. Well, first of all, how would you like it? If there was a very famous book, bestseller in, in history, the number one best-selling book of all time. And it contained a book about how it ends for you, and it doesn't end well. I wouldn't want you to read that either. So at least he's, you know, maybe that explains it. But there is a blessing that is promised to those who read this book, hear the prophecy in this book, and take to heart that which is written in this book. And the blessing that comes is because the time is near when He comes for us. And that's what the book of Revelation is all about. In addition to Bible prophecy as the revelation of Jesus Christ, so too does Bible prophecy prove the soon return of Jesus Christ. This is Second Peter chapter 1. I want to begin reading in verse 16. He writes, and by the way, let me just kind of give you the backstory of what's going on at this time, at the time that he writes it. The Christians are going through unspeakable horror and persecution under Nero. He would take these Christians at this time, when the Apostle Peter, by the Holy Spirit, wrote these two letters. He would take Christians, he would have them dipped in tar, and then he would light them on fire and burn them alive. And then he would get in his chariot with his homosexual lovers, and he would ride around in his gardens, and he would say to these Christians as they were burning alive, Ah, you're the light of the world. That's the context and what is happening at the time that Peter writes these letters, just to kind of give you an idea. Now he says, verse 16, chapter 1, in his second epistle, For we did not follow cunningly devised fables when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of His majesty. For He received from God the Father honor and glory when such a voice came to Him from the excellent glory. This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And we heard this voice 
which came from heaven when we were with him on the holy mountain, referring to what we affectionately refer to as the Mount of Transfiguration. Peter was there, James and John with him, and they witnessed this. Elijah and Moses, and then Jesus in his glorified state. They witnessed that. Now this is going to be important here in a moment. You'll see why. And verse 19, so we have the prophetic word confirmed. Some of your translations render it the more sure word of prophecy, which you would do well to heed as a light that shines in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation, for prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. Okay, now stay with me. Here, Peter is writing and he's referring to this glorious experience. I mean, he was just speechless, which for Peter, that's saying something. In fact, it's recorded for us like this, and Peter, not knowing what to say, said. He was speechless. He didn't know what to say. So not knowing what to say, in this speechless state of utter awe, he said, <laughs> it is good for us to be here. And then, if he would have just but stopped there, he goes on, and don't be too hard on Peter. I think a lot of people are going to owe Peter an apology in heaven. I'll be at the front of that line probably. But he goes on to say, hey, I know, let's build tabernacles here, one for Moses, one for Elijah, and one for you, Jesus. And Jesus has to, and never imagine this done harshly, I believe very gently, compassionately, just says, no, Peter, that's not what this is about. See, Elijah is representative of the prophets, and Moses representative of the law, and Jesus supersedes both and fulfills both. So for Peter to suggest that would be almost to bring Jesus down to their level. Now, why do I go into all of that? Because here Peter was an eyewitness of this account. And it clearly made an indelible impression upon his mind and heart for him to bring it up. What he was saying was, we were, I, I was there. But that's not why I believe in Jesus or follow him. Do you know why I believe in Jesus and why I follow Jesus? It's because of prophecy. Now think this through with me. What if the confirmation 
of Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord was relegated to and predicated upon a mount of transfiguration experience. We're dead in the water because we weren't there. Peter was there. In other words, what he's saying is, that's not what you look to, to have the assurance, the confirmation. No, it's not the experience, as glorious and majestic as it was. Can you imagine hearing the voice of God the Father say those words? He heard those words. He was there. He saw that. He was there. And all of that? No. It was not because of that. It's because of Bible prophecy. That's what he's saying. It's the more sure word of prophecy. All of the prophecies about Jesus in the Old Testament, His first coming, over 300, and those are where those brilliant mathematicians <laughs> have done the work of trying to come up with just the statistical odds of being able to fulfill even eight of those over 300 prophecies. And it's just an astronomical number. Do you realize, I'm just trying to put into perspective, and I want to take too much time, but I think maybe this is important for us to understand. It's going to be germane to our understanding of how important Bible prophecy is. It is so important, more important than it's ever been at any other time in human history. Do you realize that Jesus could have been virgin born in Jerusalem, and He would not fulfill the prophecy? Because one of those prophecies was, yes, he would be virgin born. That alone uh, pretty much disqualifies every other human being born in human history, right? So that alone. But if he were born in Jerusalem, null and void, doesn't qualify. He's not the Savior. He does not fulfill the prophecy, because the prophecy is he would be born in Bethlehem. I mean, you can go as far down that road as you want to. One more. If Judas would have betrayed him for 29 pieces of silver, no go. Does not fulfill the prophecy. The prophecies had to be fulfilled with 100% accuracy. That is the importance of the more sure word of prophecy. That is the importance of Bible prophecy. It is the most important thing, the prophetic word confirmed. Prophecy. This brings me to where I really wanted to go. It's this aforementioned purpose of Bible prophecy being that of giving to everyone who asks Jesus as the only answer. We have the answer. Jesus is returning. This fact is one we can get excited about, despite any circumstances we find ourselves in. 
Jesus will return one day to rid this earth of every evil thing that's destroying it. He'll once and for all take down the enemy and establish his kingdom in our midst. How soon will this amazing event occur? The Bible tells us that no one knows the exact date, but it does give us clues about events that will take place as it nears. This is why Pastor J.D. has created these Mideast Bible Prophecy Updates. The Mideast Bible Prophecy Update is a focused look at current events through the lens of prophecy. The Bible has given us clear indicators of what's to come, and we can see many of these events happening all around the world today. Join us each week for an in-depth look at what the Bible has to say about current events on these Mideast Bible Prophecy Updates. The latest updates are available on the In Spirit and Truth YouTube channel, and you'll find a link to our page by visiting InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. You can also access these teachings through our mobile app for Apple and Android devices. Just search for In Spirit and Truth in your app store or follow the links provided at InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. With this app, you can take the Mideast Bible prophecy updates with you wherever you go, as well as give you access to many other teachings Pastor J.D. has shared from the pages of Scripture. Thanks for tuning in today. We hope you'll join us again right here on In Spirit and Truth.